You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Sometimes Satan uses an end run. Instead of coming right at you as a lion, he comes you as a sneaky serpent and presents other things to you. So here they're disobeying God's law. But something good came out of that. Anybody tell me what good came out of that? Out of marrying Moabites? Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was a Moabite before she converted to Judaism. And we know that she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So God uses and really has mysterious ways. It's always better to obey God's commands. They're given out of love and will make life much better for you. But all of us make mistakes and we disobey. As Pastor Dave will encourage us in today's message, all is not lost. Our God is all-powerful and all-knowing, and He can transform our mistakes into a part of His perfect plan. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 13 as he continues his message, The Satisfied Life of the Borderline Believer. God determined the precise area, not only of the borders, but where each tribe would settle and possess. And you can see that. We're going to talk about this today and tomorrow. That's in the second handout I gave you. You can see where all the tribes, all the land that they possessed, all the land that they possessed. Tonight, we're going to be mainly looking at half of Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben on the east side of the Jordan River. That's basically what chapter 13 is about. So God determined who would get what. Each tribe then would be responsible for driving out all of the inhabitants of the land. They had to possess it. God gave it to them. And look what it says. Remember when we read? Look at verse 6 in chapter 13 of Joshua. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as Mizoroth and all the Sidonians, them... Those, all those people that he just listed from one to six, them I will drive out, out from before the children of Israel, only divide by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I've commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. God given this land to them. Again, they have to possess it, but God gave it to them. God gave it to them by his grace. He had given it to them. So one of the major problems we have, victorious Christian, and this is a play on words, but we're not happy with our lot in life. We're not happy with the lot that God gave us. And we murmur and complain over the lot that God has given us. We murmur and complain sometimes about our spouses. We murmur and complain sometimes about our work. We murmur and complain sometimes about our money issues, etc., etc., etc. We're murmuring and complaining against God about our lot. That would be like Israel now complaining, Manasseh saying, Hey, wait a minute. You're from God better place than I did. Or what about those guys over there? You know, when we keep our eyes on other people and we begin to covet what they have, we, we get to some dangerous area. 
we get into some dangerous area. We fail to realize that God's potential in us and possess all that he's given to us. Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you are born again into a living hope, then God has given you as much as Christ as he's given me. Have you possessed all that God has given you? Have you taken all of Christ and for yourselves? Have you gotten it all? But yet we compare. Well, you know the old there's the grass is always greener on the other side because we look over there. The Lord's using that guy more than me. We're not happy or content in the lot that God has given us. To be an abundant Christian and, and, and enjoy the abundant life and be victorious, there's contentment. Paul says, I've learned how to have nothing. And I've learned how to abound. In all things, I'm content in Christ. Contentment is huge for the victorious Christian. Contentment is enormously huge for the victorious Christian. Because if we're content with what we have, we're not always looking at somebody else and wishing we had what they had. Good brother, look around you. Look around at the world. I don't know about you all, but there's nobody I want to change places with. I don't feel like changing places with anybody. I'm real happy with what God has given me. And I have enough, believe me. So we can't feel that way. We can't be disappointed. We can't be disillusioned because someone has been given a bigger lot than we have. And you look at this map and you can see that some of them got tiny parcels of land where others got huge parcels of land. Now, guaranteed, some of the tribes are smaller than others. I'll give you that. But who's to say Dan's not looking at Ephraim and Judah and going, wait a minute. Come on now. Or Ishkatar, Zebulon, stuck up there. I don't want to be next to Natali. I don't like those guys. Or Asher. I get seasick. I don't want to look at the ocean all the time. I'd rather be in the mountains. We have to accept our lot in life. It's a play on words. We have to accept our lot in life because God has given us our lot. God has given us what we have. We have to be very, very careful because what happens is, is when we start questioning our lot, when we start murmuring, complaining against our lot, all of a sudden we become resentful. And to whom are we resentful? To God. We start becoming resentful against God. That's a dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous place to be. See, God has given the world his very best. He's given the world his beloved, begotten son, Jesus Christ. The entire world. The vast majority of the world has not received God's blessed gift. But we have. And because we've received God's blessed gift, God then says, okay, now I've given you the right to become a son and daughter of God. And as we receive Jesus Christ into our heart, we become one of the family. And God says, welcome to my family. Here, I'm going to bless you with this possession. Here's your lot. And, and we're blessed abundantly. If we would only possess what is rightfully ours through the Holy Spirit, if we would only possess what God has given us, Oh, we would all be full to overflowing. We would all be so content with what the Lord has. But this rotten flesh of ours constantly want, want, wants. And, and you know the enmity that's involved there. So the Lord promises that he would make the Israelites masters of all the countries that were yet unconquered. Even though Joshua was old and was not able to do it, 
In fact, Joshua might not even live to see it done, which brings me to another point. As a victorious Christian, we must believe that whatever becomes of us, and however we may be laid aside and become broken vessels, that God will complete the work that he started. And this should give us great hope for those of our children, those of our families, those of our, that haven't accepted Christ. We have to believe that we've prayed to God and it's His perfect will that all would be saved, that all would come to repentance, that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus. And even if we pass on and go to be with the Lord, that He will complete the work and they too will be saved. Because it may take, it may take our death for them to realize it. It may, I don't know. We should not think that God won't do the work. God will complete the work. Being confident of this very thing, Paul says in Philippians. Being confident of this very thing that he, God, who began the good work in you, will be faithful to complete it. God is faithful because God said, I'm going to drive them out. See, it's if they would just go in. See, what we don't understand is God is telling us, victorious Christian, I'm driving these things out of your life. Let me. Let me drive them out of your life. I'm driving them out of your life. Believe me. Have faith in me. I'm going to do it whether you're alive or dead. I'm going to do this work. I will do it by my word because God's word is eternal. God's word is eternal. And the captain of the host of the Lord says, I will do this. The promise that he would drive them out before the children of Israel. It's supposed that the condition of the promise, that Israel must themselves attempt to possess it regardless of who comes against them. In other words, we got to drive drive out and get our land regardless of what comes against us. Do you think for one minute, that the enemy that we have wants you to have the abundant life? He doesn't want you to have the abundant life. So regardless, remember, he's already defeated. We studied the book of Revelation. We know what happens to him. He's already defeated. Just like God says, I'm giving you this land. God said, work out your salvation. And then the Lord works in us and with us. And then we can resist our spiritual enemies. And then God will tread them under his feet, just like he tread his enemies under their feet. So we go forward, Christian. We go forward and work in warfare. And I love it. I go to this verse. This is one of my most, well, they're all my favorite verses. I can't say that. But I just love this verse, and I use it. You've heard it before. I can't stop saying it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Be steadfast and movable because the Lord's doing a great work in you. Be steadfast and movable because God is doing mighty things in you. Mighty things in you. As we continue in chapter 13, we see that 8 and 14. Now, he's going to talk about the two and a half tribes on the east side of the river. Those are the ones over here. You can see the the Jordan River coming down here. And you've got Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. We're talking about the ones on the eastern side again. Let's read 8 through 14. While the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites, received their inheritance, which Moses had given them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses the servant of the Lord had given them. From Aore, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and all of the plain of Mediba, as far as Dibon, all the cities of Shihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon as far as the border of the children of Ammon, Gilead, and the border of the Jesuits, and all those guys, 
all Mount Hermon and all Bashan as far as Salca, all the kingdom of Og of Bashan who reigned in Astaroth and Edari, who remained to the remnant of the giants for Moses had defeated and cast out there, out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Machalites. But the Geshurites and those other guys dwelt among the Israelites until this day. Only the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord of God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. So, first of all, you have this half-tribe. As I said, Moses had already divided the land in Numbers 32, but we repeat it again. We keep talking about this. The war is over. The battle's over. Joshua is now giving these guys permission to go and settle on the other side of the river. Here's your land. Here's your parcel. We've divided it up for you. Now here you can go. It's interesting that these tribes became a buffer zone between the Jews living in Canaan and the other Hebrew nations, like specifically Moab and Ammonite. And you can see here on on this chart here that Moab is down here and Ammonites are up here. Okay, they're right next to these tribes of Reuben and Gad. They're right there. Unfortunately, their location we talked about made them extremely vulnerable to both attack and ungodly influence. Both of these situations, as we talked about last week, led to their downfall. You can find that in 1 Chronicles 5, 25 and 26. Let's look at verses 15 through 23. And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. Their territory was from Arir, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and a city that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plains of Mediba, Heshbon, and all its cities that are in the plain, Dibon, Bamoth, Baal, Beth Baal, Maon, and all those other cities, down to 21, all the cities of the plain, and all the kingdom of Shion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon from Moses had struck the princes of Median. And then those guys, over 22, the children of Israel also killed with the sword, Balaam, the son of Beor, the Tusayer, among those who were killed by them. And the border of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben, according to their families and the cities of the villages. Interesting here, you see this now. This tribe of the Reubenites have been given this boundary line. We see this. And since the tribe of Reuben had had territory in Moab, that's why he mentions Balaam and the story of Balaam in, in, in Numbers. When Balaam saw that God was turning the curses upon Israel, that he was trying to curse Israel, he advised Balak to be friendly to the Jews and invite them to one of the Moabite feasts. What happened was the result in the Jewish men started taking Moabites as wives, Moabites as women, and thus they violated the, the law of God. See, sometimes Satan uses an end run. Instead of coming right at you as a lion, he comes to you as a sneaky serpent and presents other things to you. So here they're disobeying God's law. But something good came out of that. Anybody tell me what good came out of that? Out of marrying Moabites? Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was a Moabite before she converted to Judaism. And we know that she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So God uses and really has mysterious ways when you look at this, this is really cool. These Israelites who stayed on the other side of the Jordan, and we could, you could read about Gad in 24 to 28, and you can read about the half-tribe of Manasseh in 29 through 33. We'll read 33 in a minute. But I call them borderline believers. 
I call this group on the other side of the Jordan borderline believers. Just close enough to God's people, but far away to do their own thing. They have just enough of God's blessing to be miserable in the world, and just enough of the world to be less content in the Lord. They've not entered into the total inheritance that God had given them. See, God has given us His Son, and we are to rejoice and be glad. He has chosen us to be children of Him, and we to rejoice in that. God has given us the best, and we should accept it and possess it. God has given us His very, very best. Notice verse 14 and verse 33 are very similar. Let's reread them. Verse 14. Only to the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. And 33 says, But to the tribe of Levi Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he said to them. It's interesting. The Lord was the inheritance to the Levites. He was their inheritance. They had him. They were assigned to be priests. They were assigned to be keepers of the tabernacle, keepers of the temple. You can read all about this in Deuteronomy 18, Deuteronomy 10, and Numbers 18. The priests were given certain portions of the sacrifices to eat. That's where they got their food. They were allowed to eat of the showbread. Remember when David busted into the temple and his men were hungry and he defiled the priest by taking the showbread? Jesus even spoke about that. But the priests were given the food to eat. They were also able to share in some of the tithes and offerings that the people gave. This was their inheritance. They didn't get land as such, but they got the Lord. The Lord was their inheritance. The Lord scattered the tribe of Levi throughout all of the tribe. So in every tribe that you see here, there were Levites in there. Why? To be their priests. So that they would be there to show them God's love, to, to, to help them in their way. Maybe the Lord didn't want the tribal responsibilities to distract the priests and the Levites from their roles. So he didn't give them a tribe. He didn't give them anything. He wanted them to be devoted to him completely. The Levites are called to a life of service to the Lord. They ministered to him in the sanctuary. And they were to be intercessors. I love this. The Levites were supposed to be witnesses. And they were supposed to bless the name of the Lord at all times. Peter. What did Peter call us? Peter called us royal priesthood. We're priests. Our job is the same. Our job is the same. We are to be witnesses. We are to be intercessors. We are to be devoted to God. We are to be in a devotion to God to show the world God's love. See, that's what Israel failed to do. Israel was supposed to show the Gentiles God's love, but they failed to do that. We're supposed to show the world God's love, and I think, people, the church is failing to do that. The church is failing to do that. We're not doing our responsibility that God has called us to do. When we look at the lot that the Lord had given the Levites, they have no home, no earthly place to call their own, no inheritance but the Lord. But that was enough. If I didn't have anything else in my life but I had the Lord, I pray it would be enough. It would be enough to sustain me and to keep me going. We have been given such a precious, abounding grace in God. We've been pardoned from our transgressions, and now we live a life of worship, a live of life of witness of his great love. We sing of his great love, constantly sing of his great love. Take a minute. I don't want to steal from Bill's thunder, but take a minute and go to the book of Ephesians. I don't want to, but I will. No, it's not true. In Ephesians 1, specifically verses 11 and 12, 
Ephesians 1, verses 11 and 12. In him, he's talking about Christ, also we have obtained what? An inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him, now he's talking about God, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Wow. A chosen inheritance. A lot. We've been given a lot, just like the Israelites. We've been given a lot, and that light happens to be Jesus Christ. It's according to God's purpose. It's according to God's foreordained plan, a plan that he had before the foundations of the world. Why? So that we can be the praise and glory of those who first trusted in Jesus Christ. So that people would know. You've heard that old thing. There was a court of law. Could you be proven guilty of being a Christian? Could they find enough evidence against you? To prove you guilty of being a Christian in a court of law. To give praise and glory. This is our inheritance. It's all in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is our inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is our inheritance. Very much like the Levites. Our side is to be matched with God's side. We must all be in. You know when you go to these poker tournaments. They're all in. And they're all taking all these chips. And they're sliding them across the table. We should do that with our life to Christ. We should be all in. Hold nothing back. No more chips of my life on the table. I'm sliding it all to you, God. Every single part of my life. The good, the bad, the ugly. You know it all. You've seen it all. You have knowledge of everything. There's nothing hid from you. But I want to give it to you, Lord. I want to give it to you and submit it to you. My life is now your life. You may do with it what you will. And pray that I would be content in what you're doing in my life. That's being all in to the Lord. It's being all in to Him. And why shouldn't we be? He gave us His all. He gives everything He had. And verse 18 in chapter 1 of Ephesians says, That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. That we would know that our eyes would be opened by our spirit by the Holy Spirit, and that we would see and we would know. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You can't see spiritual things unless you're born again. Unless you're born again of a living hope, you don't see spiritual things. You don't understand spiritual things. But when you're born again, the Spirit shows you these things and helps you to understand what they are. And you see them and you know them. Our inheritance is Jesus Christ. And it's matched by Christ's inheritance of us. Not only do we have him, But he has us. Christ has us. Our possession is him. And his possession is us. And I will contend till the day I die, he got a raw deal when he got me. But he is so ever happy to have me. He is so ever happy to have me and to call me his child. He wants to give me all of his blessings. He wants to give each one of you all of his blessings. He wants you to have that. And that is is the abundant life and that makes us the victorious Christians and that's what we have in Jesus Christ may we all be able to say that the Lord God of Israel is our inheritance you are the book of Joshua details the Israelites journey into the land promised them by God as well as the various adventures they encountered along the way They met many nations and fought many wars, and each one required them to rely on their Lord. Through it all, one thing is clear. God keeps His promises and protects His people. This is true in your life today. 
God is keeping the promises He's made to you. He sent His Son to die on a cross and rescue you from sin, and today you can live in freedom. You can move forward confidently with Jesus on your side, relying on your Lord to help you fight your battles. We're so glad you joined us today on Assure Hope. As we continue this study, we'd like to hear from you and learn how you heard about Assure Hope. We also want to know how we can be praying for you, so please give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of Joshua, you'll find all the messages online at assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for today. We're so glad we can share God's Word with you through this ministry. Pastor Dave will have more to share from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the exciting Old Testament book of Joshua next time. So we hope you'll join us again right here on A Sure Hope.